I heard the voice of God as clear as I've ever heard the voice of God. And I discovered several facts that night. I discovered the, my identity, that I was loved, forgiven, and saved. It was as if God that night, through my wife, introducing me to Jesus, and I accepted Jesus. It was as if he was stamping his identity right on me, like, bam, you're loved, you're forgiven, you're saved, you're born again. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't really, you know, feel much, as they say. You know, I didn't get the goosies, whatever it is. You know, I didn't, I, it wasn't like an emotional experience for me. It was just a dramatic encounter that I had with God. It really was dramatic. It was like a road to Damascus experience. Uh, because realistically, the Holy Spirit was running the whole show, and I was just in shock, joyfully, a joyful shock. But I got to tell you this. When I woke up the next morning, I woke up different. I woke up a new person. I woke up a new creation in Christ. I woke up, something changed. There was something different about me. There was something different about the inside of me. Someone was there that wasn't there before. You know who that is? The Holy Spirit. I knew I woke up with the Holy Spirit. I knew I woke up new. I knew I woke up with joy and expectant faith that I wasn't gonna live I wasn't going to live in my old life, but I was going to live and walk in the new man, that I was a new creation in Christ. Now, I want to encourage you. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw a tremendous message just on I am dead in Christ as my identity by Susan Petrie, uh, Jim Simbler from the Brooklyn Tabernacle. His daughter gave that message. You can look at it on their website. Uh, her message, and it was just a powerful message. And that inspired me uh, to give this first part uh, of who we are and the battle over our identity that we are dead. And I might as well be the first one to tell you that her daddy, Jim Simbler, the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, is coming here on November 8th and 9th as a special guest, and he's gonna minister to us. And uh, so I'm real blessed that that's gonna happen. So listen, my identity is I'm dead, but I'm alive in Christ. Just like we sang earlier, wasn't that a great song? It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. For I've been born again, my heart is free. The hope of heaven before me, the grave behind. Hallelujah, you brought me back to life. Anybody grateful that God has brought you back to life? Oh no, I haven't even gotten started yet. Uh, I, need a, I need another espresso shot. Okay, number two, my identity in Christ. You ready? This is a big one. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I want it to sink in. I'm going to spend the whole night on this in the fall. I am a house of prayer. Stay with me on this because you're probably having a hard time figuring out how is that my identity? Well, when you're saved and born again, according to 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, don't you know that you yourselves are, this is who you are, God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. The Bible says you are. In other words, it's an identity statement. You are God's temple. So when you're born again, you're called God's temple. What did Jesus say about his temple? He said, my father's house will be called a house, a prayer for all nations. Are you a house of prayer? That's your identity. Now listen, 
The purpose of prayer is to grow your relationship with your father. That's the purpose. You have a lot of reasons to pray. But the reason why you are a house of prayer is so that you can get closer to God, so that you can spend time in God's presence, so that you can call on God, you can pray to God, you can wait on God, you can listen to God, because you are a house of prayer. And when you're born again, when Jesus made these identity statements, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And if you believe in me, receive me as your Lord and Savior because you are forgiven, because you are a house of prayer, your prayers can get to the Father and you can grow your relationship with the Father. Prayer is everything. We're, we're gonna talk more about that. It's all, it's all you get this morning. Now the next three identity titles are huge because they're three basic God-given desires of every person. And when we look for anyone, anything, even ourselves and our indiv individual accomplishments to fulfill these needs, other than what the Bible says about where we find, here are the three things, acceptance, security, and significance, we'll have an identity crisis that many of us will never recover from. So many of you know this, but I've been talking about it already this morning. Some of the most common phrases in the New Testament are in Christ, in him, through him, we have, and you are. And whenever you see a scripture that is prefaced by in Christ, in him, through him, we have, and you are, whatever comes next is an identity statement and fact about who you are and how God sees you and how God calls you in Christ. And there are there's actually close to 140 of these scriptures that validate who we are in Christ and that we're accepted, secure, and significant. You see, anytime you see one of those scriptures, your real identity is getting revealed. So your next identity statement that you have to declare over yourself, and this is a hard one for people in the church, is that I am accepted. I am accepted. It blows my mind how many people don't feel that they're accepted by God, that they're not loved by God, but you are. That's a lie. And your identity is that you're accepted. You see, and Satan wants to steal your identity. So he says things like, God will never accept someone like you. And he screams the words, you're not accepted over and over to you in a variety of different ways. So here are some identity statements, some of them paraphrase to talk about how in Christ we are accepted. John 1, 12, I'm, I'm a child of God, I'm God's child. John 15, 15, I'm a friend of God. Romans 5, 1, I'm justified before God. 1 Corinthians 6, 20, I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I am a new creation and made new. Ephesians 1, 1, I am a saint. Oh, time out. Gotta take a time out. Gotta take a time out here. Gotta stop right there. I am a saint, okay? Listen, couple things that you need to know. Uh, I love the recovery world. I love them. I, I simply, I'm, I'm attracted to broken people. And one of the most egregious things that I see in recovery is for an organization or a group of people 
to get someone in recovery to introduce themselves by their addiction or their sin. And they say that's the first step to freedom by introducing yourself to the thing that keeps you stuck, to the thing that's brought you down. Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a drug addict. Hi, my name is you know, Mary, and I'm, and I'm an alcoholic. Listen, that is so wrong. I got, I got my friends from Revive here. My friends from Revive, that's right. My boys from Revive are here. They know who they are in Christ, okay? They don't call themselves, they don't call themselves addicts. They call themselves children of God. They call themselves free. They call themselves accepted. They don't call themselves by their sins and their strongholds. They've overcome that by the blood of Jesus. That's why they love encounter. That's why I love them. Oh, oh no, you're not, you're not getting off that easy. People in the church do the same thing. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Like a rooster, just a sinner saved by grace. You know, let me tell you something. You are not a sinner. You were a sinner. You're now a saint who still needs God's grace because you over there really need God's grace. And who still sins, but you're, you're not a sinner. A sinner is an unbeliever. Yet Christians are saying, I'm just a sinner. You know you're not. You were a sinner. Now you're a saint who still needs God's grace. Do you, do you get that? Do not call yourself a sinner anymore. I'll put you in double secret probation if you do. <laughs> Ephesians 1.4, I am holy. I'm blameless. Colossians 1.14, I'm redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. Colossians 2.10, I'm complete in Christ. So come on now, repeat after me. I'm a child of God, come on. All you gotta do is conviction. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm a saint. I'm a new creation. I have his name. I have his life. I am forgiven. I am holy, blameless justified. I am complete and I am accepted. That is who you are. My one and a half inch vertical leap right there. That's where you start. Your identity starts. I'm dead. I'm a house of prayer and I'm accepted. I'm accepted. Next one is I'm secure. It's a big one too. Boy, he's, he, the devil screams things in, in your ear that you're not secure in a variety of different ways. But scripture paints a different picture. Romans 8.1 says, I'm free from condemnation. Romans 8.33, I'm free from any condemning charges against me. Romans 8.39, I cannot be separated from the love of God. 2 Corinthians 1.22, I'm established, I'm anointed and sealed by God. Colossians 3.3, I'm hidden with Christ in God. Philippians 3.20, I am a citizen of heaven. Repeat after me. I'm free from condemnation. I'm free from condemning voices. I'm free from guilt and shame. I have access to God. Have authority with God. I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit. I'm hidden in Christ. I'm protected in Christ. I'm a king's kid. I'm a citizen of heaven. And I am secure in Christ. And that is who you are. Listen, your security is found in Christ and Christ alone. 
Your security is not found in your career, your marriage, your ministry, certainly not from someone else. Your security is found in your identity in Christ. Number five, I am significant. This is big. And you know, the devil's always screaming things that you're not significant over and over to you. You're never gonna amount to anything. You're flat out worthless. Your prayers aren't getting answered. Who do you think you are that you can pray to a holy God when you live that way or think that way? You know, he's whispering all these lies to us all the time. And significance is a big thing because we always want our, our life to count for something. But scripture paints a different story. Matthew 5 says, verse 13 and 14, I am the salt and light of the earth. John 15, 1 and 5 says, I am a branch of the true vine and a channel of his life. John 15, 16, I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit that will last. Acts 1, 8, I'm a personal witness of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, I am God's temple. 2 Corinthians 5, 19, I am a minister of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 6, 1, I am God's co-worker. 2 Corinthians 5, 20, I am an ambassador for Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 9, I am chosen a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and I belong to God. Ephesians 2, 6, I'm seated with Jesus in the heavenly realms. He told me to put my feet up on a footstool while he annihilates my enemies. Some of us are just not sitting with Jesus with our feet up, that's the problem. Ephesians 2, 10, this is a big one. I am God's masterpiece. I am God's workmanship, which he created in advance to do good works that he planned for us. Oh, turn to the person next to you, or someone near you and say, you are God's masterpiece. 